My name is Ronika Jacobs, and you found my podcast, Strive for More, Your Best Life Now. While there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, you've taken the time out to listen to this one. So for that, I would like to say thank you. So without any further delay, let's get to it. Let's strive for more. My next guest, Mara Sweeney, is helping people strive for more in the area of leadership and emotional intelligence. Originally called Ambassador of Happiness by the UNESCO Center for Peace, when invited to speak at the inaugural Nelson Mandela Day celebration, Mara Sweeney is a global influencer on leadership, influence, emotional intelligence, and becoming one's personal best. She has trained CIA and FBI agents and provided many keynotes internationally. In this episode, Mara will share the importance of emotional intelligence and leadership. Hi, Mara. Welcome. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. How are you? Hi, Renika. I am thrilled to be with you, and thanks for inviting me on. It's so, so great to meet you. Uh, as I was doing research for your episode, I was like, oh, my gosh, I am so excited to meet her. She is really, really awesome. And the topic of emotional intelligence, which I know also involves some of those soft skills that we don't always learn in school <laughs> to conduct our lives with, uh, is really an interesting topic to me. Me as well. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, so you left law school to pursue a different passion. What was that like? Oh, Renika, to be honest, it was intimidating, daunting, and yet at the same time it was exhilarating. It was intimidating and daunting because I was only brought up with that everything I was ever told about myself was more is going to be an attorney like her grandfather. And when I knew midway through law school that I was dying on the inside to the point where one day I actually couldn't get out of my chair to drive myself to law school. I knew, and then I couldn't find my voice. My voice, I opened my mouth, my voice wasn't there. So those are the answers. Very intimidating because I only knew, in a sense, one path, but I will say it also was the beginning of me stepping out yet again into not just the box that someone else prepared for me, but inwardly what I knew I needed in order to feel very fueled, very purposeful, and very full of life. Could you imagine being 23 and feeling like you lost, you lost your energy? So I was finding my energy by leaving something I knew was not for me. Oh, I know a lot about that. Um, I have done some things in, in my career where I 
switched careers um, and kind of briefly stepped away from education. And I thought I was doing the right thing, you know, because <laughs> when you're young at 23, you always think like, you know, well, maybe I can do this or maybe not. And and it's really amazing how we think we're adults and we, well, we are adults, but, you know, we think we really know what our life is all about and that we really have everything figured out when we realize, no, we still have some learning to do. <laughs> so true. So true. Yes. Okay, so the new buzzword lately in career development is you have to have a growth mindset. It's everywhere I go, it's about mindset this and mindfulness and awareness and having a growth mindset. What is, exactly does that mean? You know, I would love to go back to the last point you made. You know, you think you're grown up physically, that you've gone and you've gotten an education. But a growth mindset, at least for me, is something I've had all of my life, even back in the day when I don't think people ever thought to use that expression. The whole idea being I'm not just a square box that has a title, a degree, maybe a, a business moniker affixed to it. I am a complete person, and I won't be all that I want to be unless I fill in every part of my breathing space that looks and feels like it needs to grow. So that means to me that sometimes we could get someone else's affirmation that we're all grown up or we've, we're, we've reached a certain pinnacle, but I see it in completely different ways. It's what is your internal energy looking to expand into? How do, you, how do you express yourself there? How do you tap into something new? How do you expose yourself and exercise yourself into new arenas? And it never ends. And I think when people are willing to do that, they feel continuously energized. I mean, they may get daunted at times, but it's, it's that process of constantly energizing yourself by expanding and by growing that really keeps you being your best and feeling more confident and being able to continue to grow because you didn't get stymied or thwarted at any one point. Wow. You know, you mentioned um, internal energy, and I can't help but think about how closely are our mindsets tied to our emotions because that's what our emotions are. It's just it's your internal energy, right? So how closely is mindset and emotions, how, how closely are they tied together? Well, I think that's a great question, and I would say the obvious answer is they're very tied together. And just to give you a reference point from your first question to me about leaving law school, I want to talk about mindsets and emotions. I was a first child, and I was always the achiever, and I was always the pleaser. So imagine when you're always trying to please um, some officially sanctioned approval process. And that's all you've ever been trained to do. And then you have a fear of not doing something that you really want to do because your emotions are tied into pleasing someone else or achieving what someone else wants for you rather than what you want for yourself. But I'll take it completely out of that space, too, because somebody else listening may appreciate this. How about take a woman who had one bad experience with a guy, maybe she was raped, and emotionally she allows herself to fall into the mindset that because one man did her wrong 
one man maybe physically or otherwise harmed her, that therefore every other male image in front of her is going to do the same. That's where I think mindsets and emotions get unbelievably tangled. But I think a little bit of emotional intelligence, stepping back, looking and pulling things apart could help us distinguish and move forward and not stay in those spots that will hold us back. Well, I, be, I just, what you mentioned, um, it's very interesting because, like you, I'm the oldest <laughs> of my siblings as well. Uh, and, yes, I, I am the achiever. I'm the pleaser, uh, you know, get good grades, have great behavior. I mean, I may have had a little bit of a rebellious streak here and there. Uh, but for the most part, you know, I did everything right. And so I have had times in my life where that I just know something is supposed to happen for me and I work so hard at it and then it just doesn't happen and you can't help but feel like you failed at something. Uh, But the great thing is, like you said, if you have a growth mindset, then you start learning and realizing, well, you know what, what's for you is for you and sometimes you have your triumphs and then sometimes those triumphs are for someone else and they really, you know, it doesn't even have anything to do that you did something wrong or didn't or did not do something. It's just that it just wasn't your time. Very true. Very true. And also some of those things that are that hold us back, I have found this over the course of my own life because I think I was almost like born too soon. My mind was so out there, and society hadn't yet caught up with my thoughts and the way I thought, thought of things. But what I always would have to learn to do, even – having a lot of aspirations or seeing things very differently, I would have to train myself when I couldn't do something or I felt like I was being held back. I would have to think differently and find new ways and new avenues to get around something. Um, And that in itself is a huge growth mindset because if you can train your mind enough to say no matter where I am, I'm going to be a beneficiary in this, it gives us what we need to find new pathways, to find new ways to success maybe that we hadn't thought of before. And so that was, that's something I've exercised probably all of my life. And it's, it's a good way of offsetting the negativity. I, I think I'm going to try that myself. <laughs> I mean, because we, we all have natural emotions that occur. I mean, you know, we have you know, we're upset or we're disappointed or we're afraid or we have, you know, and then we have the joy and all of that too. So, um, but at times we communicate, we think we are communicating a certain emotion, (laughs) but then it's not Mm -hmm. perceived in the way that we're sending it out. Why is it so difficult to read emotions within each other? You know, I think a lot of the quick answer is we all live in a bubble. And, you know, sometimes we think that we're the only person. The bubble is our universe. It's our world. And I've noticed this. It could be someone of any age, any background. Something doesn't go their way. And instantly they lose all of their their, um, upward air. They get flattened out. They get angry. They get 
defensive. They want to attack. And the short answer is we live in our own private bubble, and we're unaware that we are part of a larger society where we interact and engage with one another. And so that probably is going to lead into another question. Well, how do we step out of our bubble, right? But I think that's the short answer. And if we only think about ourselves, then the emotional intelligence piece is lacking because emotional intelligence is, I may see how I perceive this situation, but how can I see it from other angles, from other people's perspectives? So we have to find ways to look at things from other um, perspectives and imagine ourselves in shoes other than the ones that we're in in that moment. And oftentimes, it helps us to grow and mature out of childish type behaviors that, oh, it's all about me, and I didn't like the way it worked out, and now I want to attack you for it. All right. It's really that whole once you really understand the difference between empathy and not and well, not sympathy, but just that you understand the difference between empathy and sympathy. Exactly, and we're not taught these things in school. It's it's kind of the school of life, or we take it upon ourselves to learn and to acquire these, these awarenesses, but they don't always come naturally for people. But we can learn to be aware of them and grow through it. So then you talk about emotional intelligence and leadership. So how do those two things work together, and can you share the importance of emotional intelligence within leadership? Yes, I would love to. For about, in my former life, I've probably reinvented myself several times, but I spent about a decade in um, leadership at two national corporations. And so I am very much a visionary. I love hiring people, and I love creating cultures. But let me tell you where I think people don't always think about this in terms of leadership. When you're thinking about emotional intelligence and leadership, you're going just beyond process management. Like, okay, you're in this job. I want you to you do this task. I want you to do that. And you stop being the person that's always pointing and telling people what to do. Instead, what you can do is help being yourself to be present with other people and ask yourself, what are some of these people on my staff saying? Am I really listening intently? Am I absorbing their cues or just hearing a word and reacting or responding to the word? Am I asking questions? Am I making space for discussion and their expression and inviting various perspectives? Any leader, you could be a leader in title or you can be someone who wants to be seen as a leader. If you could learn how to incorporate those skills, you will be gaining so much support, development, buy-in, energies, uh, contributions from the people around you. And then the other things I would say about emotional intelligence and leadership would be things like being a little bit vulnerable making mistakes, and sharing the fact that, gee, you know what, I really call that wrong. I need to take that back. Um, Asking forgiveness, modeling, and allowing yourself to be less than perfect so that others know that they can learn from you. Because we oftentimes live in a society where it's not approved to be anything less than perfect. And so we end up hiding a lot of what we want. We hide our ideas. We hold back on our opinions. So if we can model 
the kinds of behaviors that we want to see in others, people naturally pick them up and they start moving in the same ways. So it's almost like emotional intelligence is one of those things you don't always teach it, but people know it when they're around it because they move into it and they grow into it. And the thing is, people like the feelings that go along with it because they do feel like they're more validated and more, um, I want to say, that they have more space and more freedom to grow when they're in that kind of an environment. Hmm. Now, you mentioned having emotional intelligence, not for, definitely for leaders, but not only for leaders, even if it's for someone who wants to be seen as a leader. So it made me kind of wonder, well, what if you're not in leadership at all, how important is it to have emotional intelligence? I think totally important. In fact, one of the things I talk about so often, because I'm at a lot of universities, is how you can be perceived as a leader with or without a title. Because many people have titles, but they're not always respected. But there are other people who know people and how to work with people and how to engage with people that are seen as natural leaders that people do want to follow. And so, you know, some of the thoughts that come to mind is not asking people what, but asking them why, asking them for buy-ins, asking them for maybe the bigger picture. Gee, you know what? I see we're working on this project here, and these were some of my thoughts, but what in your estimation is the bigger picture that we all need to be looking at? What are some of the more important aspects of it in your estimation? So if we can learn to ask others open-ended questions and get them to give us not just basic information, but to give us a little bit more access to what their value systems are, how they envision something, then not only are we perceived as a leader, as someone who's more visionary and seeing a big picture, but we're also even inviting others, let's say especially even our our leaders, our bosses, uh, maybe senior people in the organization, to see us from a different perspective, to say, wow, most people just say, what do you want me to do? And they say, yes or no, and I'll do it. But to find someone who actually asks good questions and questions that are digging a little bit deeper, a good manager, a good leader will recognize that that individual is someone who is a natural leader. And um, that's something... I don't know. It just to me it comes very naturally, but it can easily be learned by other people as well. I, I can totally see that. And if someone wanted to do some work, you know, begin to improve their as they call it, the EQ <laughs> for you know the yeah, IQ right, for, right. for your intelligence, uh, as far as content. But for your emotional intelligence, if someone wanted to improve that EQ, where, where do they start? You know, are there steps to it? Are there different areas that they can work on? It's kind of divided up into different, I guess, concepts. (laughs) Categories. 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 Okay, there we go. Do you know what I would think? Imagine thinking of yourself as an observer. What do you see that you like? Who do you see? What qualities in others do you like? And how can you watch them? and learn from them in their qualities, the way in which they deal with other people, the way in which they communicate, the way they work through um, conflict, challenges, crises. So you could actually learn to 
focus on individuals and their attributes that you want to glean from and gain from. The other thing I would say is really learn how to be a person who observes and asks good questions. I, you know, for whatever reason, I've got this old uh, thought that's just returning to me. I mentioned to you that I ended up uh, in leadership at two national corporations, but when I was first interviewing, um, you know, typically you go into an interview and the boss or the prospective boss asks you questions. In my case, I had, I went in armed with so many questions, not just a specific, what's the salary, you know, how many weeks of vacation do I have? or what are the products, but it, my questions were like, well, what kind of a corporate culture do you have here? What is the big picture that this corporation is trying to accomplish? What are you most proud of as a leader in this company? Do you want to know that the manager that hired me, the director said to me, Maura, I've interviewed people all over the country. I've never had anybody ask me more questions than you did except for, um, who was it? It was a um, someone up in Boston who happened to have been working with the police department as a detective. And do you know three months later he moved me into management? It was because he could see in me that I had a greater interest in the bigger picture and how all of the elements and all of the people and all of the energies and all of the capabilities within the organization were used to accomplish something bigger and something more. And um, I would say learn how to be an observer and a good question asker. <laughs> oh, that's fabulous. And so I was thinking if we, are, if we have the task of influencing or raising children or educating children, what can we do to teach our children who are our future leaders, what can we do to teach them to have a high EQ to enter the workforce? You know, this is a really good question for me. You wouldn't know this, but I homeschooled our only child. We used to travel a lot. My husband and I had our own business, and I thought, oh, that is so antisocial. I would hate it. And yet, here's the answer. I, and, and then our daughter, you know, she's lived in different countries. She's married now. She's uh, in leadership position. And the interesting thing is this. It's not just the what. It's the why. So, Every child lives in a bubble. How do you get a child out of the bubble? You end up inviting them to learn how to serve other people, how to get out of their own environment, how to maybe do some volunteer work, how to be among people, not only people that are like them, but people who are unlike them. Learn, help people learn their stories and learn a little responsibility along the way so that a child understands as they're growing and as they're maybe their intellect might be growing, that emotionally and socially they're growing, realizing they're not the only fish in the sea. They're not the only goldfish waiting for instead how to work with other fish in the sea, fish that look like Absolutely. them, fish that don't. They learn what their skills are, what their contributions can be, and they also learn how to value skills and contributions of other people. And that's exactly what we did with our daughter. So even though she was this homeschooled kid, she could react and respond and be around people of every background. And it really helped her in her career, in her friendships, in her relationships. So really it's no different whether you have, you're a parent of a child or if you're in business leadership and you want to grow people. If you could teach people or model for people how to grow 
uh, emotionally, they will do so much better and they'll generally be much happier. That's awesome. Well, Mara, I can't believe that our time is up already, but I do have one last question to ask you. So what is something you can't seem to do no matter how hard you tried? This is, shall I embarrass myself and tell you this? It's such a silly answer. It's making things simple. My mind usually operates in so many ways that my husband will say to me, Maura, how is it you could make something so simple so hard? You know, like what normal people could do? And that's my thing. It's like I can always see five different ways to do something. And so sometimes you could give me something simple to do and I will complicate it. But I guess everybody's got their challenge. That's mine. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, the crazy thing, too, on the other side, you give me three and think, oh, that's the way you do it. It's so simple. Can't anybody else see it? So we're all different, and we've all got our strengths and weaknesses. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) And thank you so much for being vulnerable enough to share that with me and my listeners. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. Can you do me a favor? Can you let everyone know how they can purchase a copy of your book or seek your services? Oh, well, thank you, Renika. Um, to get a copy of my book, write Mora, my name, Amazon Mary, A-U-R-A, at the same name, Mora, M-A-U-R-A, the number four, the letter U.com. And uh, just reference, I would say that they were watching this podcast and ask for the free book. And I think, did I mention the book on competition? Was that the one that I recommended? I think people would enjoy it. It's funny. It's interesting. It carries all of life. And um, just say I'd love the free book on competition. And I know you're also a podcaster. Can you share information about how my listeners can also listen to your podcast after they finish listening to Strive for More and they can jump over to yours? Oh, thank you, Renika. Yes, and I think there, there's a, we work a lot in tandem, but again, we use our own skills. It's called, imagine, Maura Sweeney, Living Happy Inside Out. So my full name and Living Happy Inside Out. And I'd be delighted to have them come and listen to me as well, even as I'll be sharing your, your interview with others. Definitely. This is really awesome. Well, Any last words of encouragement for the listeners as they continue to strive for more? Yes. There will never be another you. And only you can be your best you. Never look at another person and compare yourself negatively. If you can go within and learn to appreciate and build upon those skills, passions, values, and interests, that are meaningful to you, you will always strive and you will always become your very best self. And when you are, chances are highly likely you'll also be your happiest and most confident self as well. Well, Maura, I really appreciate your time. I wish you nothing but blessing and abundance for you and your family in the future. Please take care. Thanks, Renika, and same to you. Emotional intelligence is a skill that is learned and developed over time. I encourage you to work towards developing a high EQ as you interact with others. If you're not getting desired results from various interactions, then it may be time to check your EQ level. 
I have made a commitment as a leader to improve my emotional intelligence any chance I get. And so far, that commitment has served me well. Thank you for supporting this podcast. The next time you are listening to an episode from this podcast, consider sharing it on social media, Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. When you share it, I will give you a personal thank you on one of my episodes. Continue to strive for more and live your best life now. See you in the next episode. <laughs>